Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass on workplace pioneers. To drop these value bombs, I have brought Kelsey Rue on the mic. She is the chief of staff at Carson Group, overseeing talent, human resources, and corporate communications. Currently, she oversees the construction, design, and development of Carson's new $80 million headquarters. I've also brought Liz Ernst on the mic. She is a training specialist at Flywheel, working with both the training and development manager and sales leadership to ensure the sales team has the tools they need to be successful in their work. And today, Fire Nation, we're talking about what does company culture mean today? Some business technologies or practical innovations that companies can implement, how companies are moving away from traditional office design and what that means. And so many more value bonds, Fire Nation, as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. If you have a world-class business education in mind for your high school students, then you should have Hyder College of Business at Creighton University in mind too. To experience Hyder, go to business.creighton.edu. Kelsey, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Sure. So, hey, everyone. I'm excited to be here. Um, Something people don't know is I grew up uh, with six lakes and campers as my neighbors. So my uh, my dad was a park superintendent for all of 30 years. And so I grew up with all of that wonderful scenery behind me uh, that I miss very much today. Loving hearing that. I'm actually pretty (laughs) obsessed with the show alone right now. And it's just really making me (laughs) want to get out into the woods on lakes doing some awesome things. Liz, same to you. Say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Hello, hello. Happy to be here with everyone virtually today. Something most people don't know about me um, in COVID or in quarantine, I have since taken up golf. So I've never been one to, to try my hand at the sport. Had a mom who played her whole life and tried to get me into it. Didn't quite find it interesting until quarantine hit. So <laughs> that's what's been keeping me busy these days. I've just taken up gaining 15 pounds. That's been my main focus during quarantine. (laughs) Definitely nailed it. Thank you, Ben and Jerry's. I appreciate you. So listen, my friends, we're talking about workplace pioneers. And I want to start with you, Liz, because with the new world that we actually are living in today, as you mentioned, of course, we're living in this new quarantine COVID world. What does company culture mean right now? Man, this is a a fun question because I, in my opinion, I I don't think culture at a company should necessarily be changing because of of the world that we live in, in that we we all still care about the same work. We all still care about each other and have those as, you know, main main drivers of what we do and how we make decisions. But I do think that the integral piece that has been added to, to how we define culture in a company that's working remotely is just by having more grace and and flexibility when it comes to the world we're currently in navigating, you know, very uncharted waters and and we're doing that together. So I've seen that play out, you know, in in meetings where little kids hop on the call too, or someone has to grab their dog in the background, Um, just having that, that flexibility and understanding as a very fundamental belief that we, that we are sharing together is, has been something that I, 
have noticed more of since COVID. And how about you, Kelsey? I mean, at the Carson Group, as I said in the intro, I mean, you're overseeing right now the construction design and development of a new $80 million headquarters. So what does company culture mean in today's world for you and Carson? And that's a great question. And I think Liz stole my word of grace. Because right now, that's what we're focused on is still meeting our goals, still being productive, just in a different way. And I think we all need to do that by giving each other grace. And like you just said, we're trying to figure out our current spot, right? Our current headquarters, while also my head is constantly in nine months from now when we move into our new building and the experience of our stakeholders coming back into the office, you know, from working remotely. And so I would say culture means more now than ever. And we are driven by our culture and what that stands for. But I think right now we have just taken a harder look at how we want to move forward. Just again, we used to be a very office first organization because we loved to collaborate and work together, but we've had to pivot and what that means. And so we, our culture, you know, our beliefs and, our, and how we treat each other is just present more than ever right now. And I want to dive deeper into that with you, Kelsey, because as you mentioned, you're still overseeing this $80 million headquarters, the construction design development of it. And, you know, we're in this post-pandemic world where, you know, frankly, a lot of companies are going a lot more virtual as a result. So how has your company navigated remote working and how do you see this expanding or potentially disappearing post-pandemic? That is a great question. And I definitely don't see it disappearing. Um, But one thing we actually discussed this morning on a leadership call was just that is we want to absolutely offer grace and flexibility to our stakeholders and wherever you feel the most comfortable to get work done. That's what we want to support. However, we also know that we all miss one another. I mean, we had a beam signing for our new building a month ago, and it was like a high school reunion when people got together (laughs) because they just saw each other for the first time. And it's like that pulls at you saying, oh, my gosh you know, I like the flexibility, but man, I can't wait to see my stakeholders or my my teammates. So I don't think it'll disappear. I think that flexibility will absolutely be there. Our new headquarters, we're going to have the space right now we're scrunched. Um, but we're, we're building our building towards that we're building it to invite the community in. We're having collaborative spaces, private spaces, um, a full gym, well, everything that we're how we design it and how we develop it is focused on the stakeholder and the experience knowing that post pandemic, How do we support both worlds, right? Them working from home and them coming back in. So it's a dual focus. So Liz, with you over at Flywheel, like what are you seeing? What do you think the direction of your company is going to be? You know, are you going to be expanding in this virtual environment? Are you going to be, you know, like kind of moving away from that post pandemic? What does that look like for you? It's a, a fun question because it's very similar, actually, to, to Kelsey, what you shared about Carson Group. We um, have been re-evaluating and building a brand new headquarters for about the, about the past three years. So Memorial Day 2020 was set to be our move-in date that we've been looking forward to for the better part of, of three years. And as we know now, that hasn't quite happened. We've been remote since March. Um, but for that same reason, we, we're building and, and have a beautiful brand new building that's waiting for us in downtown Omaha. So we're also just itching to get back there and, and be back around one another again when it's safe. And so to echo, to echo what Kelsey said, I, I absolutely agree. I don't believe that an office space or that, that culture of being together will change for us. We've absolutely had to adopt more virtual first practices, but we believe so much in the energy and the 
the collisions that happen when mm -hmm. you are at the lunch table or you're waiting, you know, waiting for a conference room or you just walk by someone at the at the drinking fountain. So that that piece of our culture will not be going away. And um, we've made massive, massive investments into the physical space, but um, we're, we're excited to move back in when it is safe. So Liz, let's stick with you here because I want to hear about maybe some business technologies or even innovations that your company's implemented over the last six months. Can you break down some of those? We are very fortunate at Flywheel to be a, a digital first company. We support our customers. We support our employees um, by selling a, a digital product. We sell a software. And so we're supporting those that have websites, meaning that as our world has gone more online, we've had no shortage of customers, which we're, we're very grateful for. But for that reason, and because of that, we were already equipped to, you know, hop onto our Zoom, Zoom links and Zoom accounts that we already had set up. Um, we've embraced Slack as a company for over seven years now, as well as Google's suite of products. Um, so we were very equipped already to be remote. Uh, quite literally, it, it kind of came down to making sure everyone had a monitor to take home when we closed our office in March. But um, one of my favorite products I will mention that we've gotten to, to try out or have leaned more into in a remote world is a, a website called Miro. And if you think about it, being in a conference room with your coworkers and, and kind of using the whiteboard to throw ideas up on the wall, Miro is a virtual way to do that. You can use virtual sticky notes and, and arrows and, you know, organization patterns to help flush out ideas. And so for things like brainstorming meetings or retros, you know, sprint planning meetings, that tool has come in handy quite a bit for us. And how do you spell that? M-I-R-O, Miro. M-I-R-O. Very cool. I'll definitely look into that. And for you, Kelsey, beyond the obvious, Zoom and Slack, any business technologies or innovations that Carson Group has implemented in the last six plus months? You know, I would say it's not really one platform. Um, for us, you know, we're, we're a relationship partnership um, organization when we're working with clients or our partner advisory firms. But we have just stepped our communication game up. It's funny, pre-COVID, I don't think we we're communicating even half as much as we are now. So we developed what we call the bottom line. And this is a newsletter that goes up every Friday with a video from someone on the leadership team. Um, talking about what's going on that week, what we're looking forward to, and adding fun in there too, just kind of fun ways that they're getting through this COVID world. Uh, we also just introduced uh, or reintroduced our comms board, which is our intranet, um, which I know isn't anything new, but just getting updated content out there and new ways to reach our stakeholders um, has been really life-saving for us because, again, people feel informed, which then makes them feel, okay, yes, I get what's going on, and I get that the company is doing their best to, to navigate this world as well. So. I think people have been really happy with what, um, like you said, our, our communication has just been um, there from the very beginning for, for stakeholders, which those are our employees. We call them stakeholders. Um, and then for our external stakeholders, which again, are clients and partners. Fire Nation, Kelsey and Liz are just getting started with their value bombs. And we have more to come after we get back from thanking our sponsors. 
If you have a student in high school, then chances are you're already thinking about college. And if you have a world-class business education in mind, then I'm excited to tell you about the Hyder College of Business at Creighton University. Hyder is a true innovator with business education for a changing world. They offer a customizable curriculum tailored to each individual student's personal and professional interests, including innovative majors like fintech and business intelligence and analytics. They also offer unique tracks and specializations like social entrepreneurship and pre-health science. Plus, Hyder offers unique hands-on learning opportunities like the Creighton Business Symposium, the largest student-run business conference in the country. In fact, the Creighton Business Symposium students are responsible for coordinating the thought leaders and content you are listening to today. With a 99% success rate, meaning 99% of Hyder students are employed or accepted into graduate or professional school within six months of graduation, and faculty experts who bring their real-world business experience into the classroom every single day, Hyder is here to help your students succeed. To Experience Hyder, go to business.creighton.edu. That's business.creighton.edu. Businesses have to be flexible this year, from working remotely to pivoting their business models for long-term survival and growth. Just look at all the restaurants that have moved their dining outdoors or added takeout to their offerings, or the major retailers who are now designing and selling face masks. If you're in charge of hiring for your business, these pivots have made your job even more challenging, especially when you have to hire for brand new roles. Thankfully, there's one place you can always count on to make hiring faster and easier, ziprecruiter.com slash fire. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it can send out to over 100 top job boards with one click. Then ZipRecruiter's powerful technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself, right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Let ZipRecruiter take hiring off your plate so you can focus on growing your business. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Kelsey Liz, we are back. And Kelsey, I want to stick with you on this one first, because I think you're an incredible person to talk to around this question of, you know, where is traditional office design going? I mean, we've all been in those offices where it's just segregated cubicles and meeting rooms. It sounds like you guys are doing a lot more with your new $80 million facility. So how is your company specifically going away from just the flat traditional office design into something new and different? Great question. Yes. So obviously now at our current space, right, we have very tall cubicles, very segregated. One thing that we're doing in our new building is rethinking what the stakeholders experience the first time they walk into the building. So again, we're creating multiple spaces where they can work how they want to work and we can meet them where they're at. For example, we have a coffee area, right? So we're designing that furniture to be flexible, to be moved, to be open. We're also giving our stakeholders that prefer their privacy. We're doing smaller conference rooms that they can book just themselves. We're also getting furniture in that provides that privacy, but that we can put near the windows um, to have that view. And that's another thing we did was invest in you know, natural light, right? That's the number one amenity that stakeholders wanted. And so we've invested into the glass that we've put into our building to allow that from, from north, south, east, west, wherever you're standing, you're going to get that. Um, so again, it's, it's about adapting to each stakeholder and what they want from their workspace. Again, we have everyone from a technology team to a product team to advisors meeting with clients, right? And the whole gamut in between. So our challenge was trying to create that space that meets everyone where they're at um, and just being very flexible. So again, if, if you're coming in, you have multiple places to meet. 
uh, multiple conference rooms with different furniture. We have conference rooms or uh, conference tables to lounge furniture to, you know, kind of cocktail hype tables um, and just trying to trying to cover all the experiences that a stakeholder could want in the new building. Let's shift to you, Liz. Anything you want to add to this? Yeah, not a ton. I, I'm with you, Kelsey, on the, the flexible workspaces, the movable furniture and conference rooms. Um, one thing we've been very mindful to add in our new space um, is just that Zoom capability or video conferencing capability in every room that we see. Our parent company is based out of Austin and we have team members all around the world. So the ability to hop into any room, pull them up on on the screen and connect with our coworkers and, and other flywheelers around the world has been a big um, focus for us as well. So Liz, how does company hospitality change when you're not actually in an office space? I mean, you know, you've been remote for a while now and at the same time, you know, I mean, your parent company's in Austin as well. So, you know, you've potentially been used to that whole Nebraska, Texas thing as well. So how does that hospitality change when you're not actually in an office space? What does that look like? When it comes to to rethinking company hospitality, you really have to start back at the basics of how we believe our company should and and want to support flywheelers to make them feel known and understood and supported. Um, we've done done everything from you know work from home stipends to make sure that people have the the maybe the chair or the standing desk or the second monitor that they need to do their best work, um, to to sending swag to new employees and and sending them sending them things in the mail to kind of surprise and delight them. But anything we can do to simulate those feelings and experiences from our office to the remote space have have been very central to how we've thought through online meetings, online retreats that we we have quarterly and and so on and so forth. So just rethinking those ways to make employees feel known and and that sense of belonging has been something that's been top of mind for us. Now, Kelsey, when you're able to get most of your employees back into this new $80 million facility, or I should say into for the first time, this $80 million facility, um, they're going to be able to be pretty engaged because you're going to have a lot of cool things going on. There's going to be a gym there. People might actually not want to leave, which could be, you know, <laughs> something that be, you have to deal right. with. But the reality is, you know, you need to keep your employees both engaged. You need to also prioritize their well-being, which again is why I love the gym aspect of it. If you want to maximize their work efficiency and their output. So how are you doing that in addition to things like your gym and the things that you're doing with your employees? We're taking a step back and thinking about how do we, again, reintroduce our stakeholders actually back to the office environment itself. So we were just talking about that where we're you know, thinking about whether we bring people back to our current space or do we wait and bring them back to our HQ. Either way, we're reintroducing people back to in the routine of going to the office. So we're trying to create that engagement where people are proud of their space. Um, we're talking about when they first walk into our building, how do we make their space theirs? Um, you know, give them a stipend to create it their own. Maybe it's to buy picture frames, maybe it's to buy extra storage, whatever that is. But then also to use the amenities that that we're working on right now. And that's from, you know, the, the coffee shop area, the, the community um, company store, the gym, and not only just for that workout space, but just, hey, you know, I have a quick hour on lunch break, I'm gonna go and get a workout just that flexibility. We, we don't want them to think about it as, you know, really the traditional office, but more, how do I want to use that space? And how do I want to get the work done that I need to? And so we're thinking about ways, I mean, 
you know, going the next in September, October, we're doing 30 days, 30 ways that Carson cares. And so one of the things we always do every year is rise innovation, which is a kind of competition. We're, we're a very competitive group at Carson, but, you know, ways to innovate and really improve Carson. And we decided instead of improving internally and focusing on Carson, let's improve externally and the community around us. So that's one thing we're to keep them engaged. Let's let's not always focus on our work, meeting Carson itself, but let's focus on the good that we can do in the world. And so right now, I think my team's going out next week to, to clean up a community park, but we're really engaging oh, cool. them with the outside. Um, and I think that will roll into the new HQ, um, just make it more community driven um, uh, with Carson, because we're gonna have a ton of space and we want to invite the community uh, into that space as well. Well, Kelsey, you're dropping value bonds. I mean, I can even hear Liz taking notes over there, clacking away. So Fire Nation, I hope you're doing the same thing for sure. And Liz, you have shared a lot of stuff today. I want you to maybe take a step back and say, hey, what's the one thing that I really want to make sure our listeners today walk away with? And then you're coming next, Kelsey, so get ready with your answer. But Liz, what's that one big value bomb? Kelsey, I'll buy you some time here and, and you. give you a minute to think about it. <laughs> um, man, what a tough question. No no pressure. Just narrow it down to one thing. Um, my my answer to that involving, you know, company culture and how we're supporting and, and involving, engaging our employees now, especially more than ever, is to remember that, that culture has to be intentional and that as a company grows and scales that it's a challenge to maintain that culture, that sense of belonging, that engagement as you grow. Um, in the past three and a half years at, at Flywheel, we've grown from 85 to, to 280 in my time here. And and that's not counting our, our parent company, who's quite a bit bigger than us. So with that, it, it comes with a lot of challenges to maintain that unity, that sense of family and, and connectedness and I think if, if I could leave people and listeners with anything, it would be that to not be afraid of doing things that don't scale, to instead see that as a challenge, that if something is worth it and if something is meaningful enough to you and your company, that it's worth it's worth making sure that you you keep it as part of your company. So doing things that, that don't scale is, is not a um, you know an answer to to walk away from a challenge, but instead it's it's a challenge to accept and, and kind of lean into at Flywheel. Do things that don't scale. I love that. Kelsey, the bar is high. What do you got? <laughs> you know, I, I, it's so funny how similar I think Liz and I are with our companies. Because again, I, I've been at Carson for almost 13 years and I was here when it was 20 people. Uh, <laughs> and now we have uh, 240. And so we have grown rapidly in the past three years. And, and I was going to say my one takeaway throughout all of this is a little bit the same um, because culture means so much to us. And we always talk about as we grow, how do we not lose that? And I would say, you know, focus on it. When we do, we set quarterly goals for our company. One of the quarterly goals is always something with our stakeholders um, and their engagement and how welcome they feel, the experience at Carson. And so I would say that always listen to your stakeholders because right now we are getting their feedback and we're taking that and, and we need it. If we ask for your feedback, we're going to do something about it. <laughs> and so I would say listen and adapt and always favor, right, right? Favor the stakeholder because they're going through this the same time the company is and we're going to get through it together. And if you give them an inch, they're going to give you a mile, right? And so we're being very just full of grace with how we move forward. Um, but I would say that it's just, yeah, don't lose 
your focus of culture, even when it's easy to do so, come back to it um, because this is what people remember, right? How, how their company treated them um, during this time and how they continue. And I would say we haven't lost that and, and we definitely don't intend to. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with K-R-L-E and J-L-D today. So keep (laughs) up that heat and head over to eofire.com and type either Kelsey or Liz in the search bar. And the show notes page will pop up with everything we've talked about today, links to their companies, all that jazz. And Kelsey, Liz, I just want to say thank you both for sharing your truth, your knowledge, your value with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, Fire Nation, today's value bomb content was brought to you by Kelsey and Liz in Creighton. And if you've had your big idea, you'd be ready to ignite. And my free training will get you to your big idea in under one hour. That's less than 60 minutes. Visit yourbigidea.io today and I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. If you have a world-class business education in mind for your high school students, then you should have Hyder College of Business at Creighton University in mind too. To experience Hyder, go to business.creighton.edu.